Hello and welcome to Weird Things and Wine, the show where we sip wine and talk about all things weird. My name is Tash. And my name is Mia. And today we will be talking about the missing 411 phenomena, part two. Woo! (laughs) Are you ready? I am so ready. This is going to be great. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. Okay, so last time we talked, we we went over four different cases. If you haven't seen it, I mean, listen to it. If you haven't listened to it yet... Go back and listen. Because it's super interesting. Yes, I'm sure. I don't remember any of it. For, like, our listeners, in quotation marks. um, (laughs) If there are any. (laughs) For my mom. Hi. Hi, mom. (laughs) This will be, like, a week apart, part one and part two, but for us, it's, like, a few months apart. (laughs) It's literally been, like, three months. (laughs) Completely, solely my fault. We took a hiatus after part one, so now we we need to remember where we're at. So if we repeat ourselves or we seem a little confused, we are. (laughs) We're trying our best we promise (laughs) this is our best um okay so last time we talked about the kind of background about missing 411 and four different cases i believe and now this time i have one more bonus case and i did this research a while ago so we will be discovering this together i'm so ready (laughs) can i tell you about aaron hedges please tell me about aaron hedges okay so this guy he was 38 years old and he was a pretty experienced hunter he went on a camping trip with his friends in montana in the crazy mountains on september 7th 2014 that's fairly recent yeah so the crazy mountains are pretty rough terrain um there's black bears and i think deer and elk there but he was pretty familiar with the territory and so were his friends they had like gone on this camping trip a few times hmm So, on September 3rd, he was hunting with friends near Cottonwood Lake on the west side of the mountain when they got separated. Apparently, one of the pack mules got spooked, and Aaron's sleeping bag was lost over the trail. So, who knows what spooked it? I I couldn't find anything about what could have spooked it, so you can let your imaginations run wild there. That's kind of spooky. Oh, we're already jumping into the spookiness. I'm excited. (laughs) So, because of this, on the... 5th, on September 5th, he decided to hike up to a cache, and it was kind of to the north, near Sunlight Lake, where they had camped before, so he was pretty familiar with the area already. This cache apparently contained a sleeping bag and some other supplies, and apparently he had a gun, as well as his hunting bow and a GPS, Hmm. which is important to remember. Okay, so he was prepared yeah so not only was he like familiar with the terrain but he had a gps a literal gps yeah even so after a while he radioed his friends to let them know that he had missed a turnoff on his way back to camp which is weird mm. because it was there was no snow on the ground and he had a gps yeah why yeah why would he miss the turn yeah so that's a little strange hmm His friends expected him to get back on the trail and be back before dark, but when he didn't show, they began to search for him. They looked for him up until the 7th of September, when there was a storm rolling in, so they decided to hike back down, and then on September 10th, his wife, Christine, reported him missing. Ooh. So there's a few days there, but there's also a little bit of discrepancy among the days, like some people say that it was a different day that he, like, earlier that they called the police and oh, okay so yeah the timeline's a little foggy there so it's somewhere in the range of three days yeah okay. yeah which is strange i feel like if if someone was missing 
and as soon as you know that they're missing, you would, especially the mountains, you would tell someone? Well, yeah, because especially if someone's an, I mean, I guess, I was about to say, especially if someone's an experienced hiker, they would know to come back to you. But really, experienced or not experienced, <laughs> you should have the same level of, like, caution, right? Yeah, you would think. So it's, it's weird that he just was missing and that they didn't really... They didn't panic? Yeah, they didn't <laughs> There panic. was, like, no second thought. They were like, oh, I just must have just gone off yeah. doing his own thing. Weird. Do people do that? Does that happen in, like, hiking groups? Do people just, like, go? I don't... It might be because he's, like, experienced and they're all kind of... Hmm. older i don't know it seems weird but maybe this wasn't weird and we just don't know anything about being outside i mean we do also have like you know the code where if you're going to the bathroom i'm going to the bathroom yeah so like yeah maybe that's just i just can't understand (laughs) yeah i don't know okay so by the time searchers were ready to go out it had actually begun to snow because of the storm so it was bad enough that they couldn't search by air and they couldn't really do much to expand the search at that point. On the second day, they found a water bottle and his boots near evidence of a campfire. Ooh. Yeah, so wherever he is, he doesn't have his boots. Or his water bottle. No. And at this point, it was snowing, so that's strange. That's definitely concerning. But for all we know, he could have like gone to the cache and found like a better pair of boots and taken that. How and far away was the cache from his campfire? That's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have it written down and I don't remember. <laughs> it's okay, because, like, just based off of how you phrased it, it sounds like he would probably have to, like... He didn't put up the fire right next to the cache. Like, right no. next. Where there was literally no walking between the campfire and that. And would it make sense for him to go back to the campfire to drop his stuff off and then continue on after stopping at the cache and getting other boots? Yeah, I also, I don't know specifically, like, if they checked out the cache and if they could, like, mm. ask, like tell if something was missing, like, yeah. if he had taken something. I couldn't find that information anywhere. Hmm. So that's, that would maybe help us <laughs> if we knew that. <laughs> if anyone knows, just... If anyone knows. No. <laughs> Weird things Let us know. <laughs> So, okay, so this is a weird part about that. They had apparently searched that area the day before, and they had not come across this campfire. They hadn't found his boots, they hadn't found the water bottle, they hadn't... But not only that, the dogs didn't catch his trail the day before. So that kind of almost makes you believe that maybe he had, like, been there the day after. Yeah. Yeah. While they were searching for him, but... Like, he was just a few steps behind them. Yeah. Like, as... Yeah. Which like is, he like... just missed them. So scary. That's, that's like, chilling. Also really sad. Yeah. And the fact that the dogs didn't catch his trail, that's something that happens a lot in these cases. Which is odd. It is odd. Because... Yeah. Especially if it's snowy. Yeah. Isn't that supposed to make it easier? Yeah. Water. Water carries... Or water... Um, enhances scents for dogs? Yeah. I think. Unless it, like, washes it away, but it's snow. So it's not like it's melting completely and washing away, unless it was the melty snow, but... Right. Yeah. So they continued the search until September 22nd, before they finally called it off. They didn't find any more sign of him up until then. Then finally, in June of 2015, they found more evidence. Oh my goodness. So they searched for, like, 
almost two weeks. And then, what is that? 10 months? Oh, September, June, July, August, September. Math is so hard. <laughs> Nine months later, they found more. They found more. Um, I'm going to butcher this name. I'm sorry. So, a man named Roger Veslanovich. That was good. (laughs) It sounded right. Yeah. He found an orange hunting vest, a backpack, a hunting bow, and some other clothing kind of piled under a tree as if it had been, like, placed there, almost. And I think it was, like, on his property or within view of his property. An orange would stand out. Yeah, like you would see that, especially amongst the snow, right? Oh, so true. Yeah. So in the backpack, they found his hunting license and his phone, which Ooh. had no evidence on it. I, it probably wouldn't have turned on if it was left there all winter. And nearby, this is weird, there was a thermos placed on a rock with an open energy drink right beside it. Okay, ew. Yeah, and they said an open energy drink in all the reports I found, not an empty can. So I'm assuming it still had, like liquid inside of it so it could not have been there since september because it would have fallen over it would have a fallen over or b evaporated or c an animal would have come and yes that is odd that's concerning yeah i mean there's no guarantee that it was aaron's but it's it's weird Mm -hmm. when you put all the details together it's strange so this was only a couple of miles away from the ranch and civilization it was also in a westward direction about 15 miles away from where they started and six miles away from where his boots were found. Did he walk all that way in the snow without his boots? I think this happens quite a bit in the missing 411 cases. Yeah, where they travel so, so, like, unhumanly far. Yeah, without, like, protection on their feet. Yes. And, yeah, it's weird. It's really weird. So, like, he would have had to travel through rough terrain in bad weather with no shoes And apparently, according to his wife, even if he had tracked an elk or seen an elk, he wouldn't have, like, followed it very far. Mm. He was not, like, the type of person to go out of his way and, like, he's a lot like me. I wouldn't hike through the wilderness for anything, right? (laughs) So, it's weird that he would do that. Okay, so... Oh, boy. The next summer, his remains were found half a mile away. Almost two years from... When this first happened. It happened, they found it in August 2016. So he was within eyesight of the ranch and of the road, and yet he hadn't made it and no one had seen him. The cause of death was undetermined and there was no physical trauma to his bones, so they couldn't really tell what had happened to him. Mm -hmm. I did find one report, though, that said that his feet were missing. Okay, that totally gave me chills. Okay, well, that's that's a really concerning report. I hope they're wrong. Yeah, although, if we're being honest, like, an animal could have scavenged them, but I don't know why you would go for the feet if you were an animal, because well, it's like, there's no meat on it, it's just that's little a, bones. That's literally what I was thinking, too. Like, yeah. if you had your choice, you, this is really gruesome. <laughs> if <laughs> oh you my were gosh. a mountain lion. Not speaking of, like, a, of any human beings that have ever gone missing in a forest, but just talking about a cadaver. Ew. <laughs> A nameless cadaver. Oh, gross. Just, you would go for, like, the torso or, like, the thighs, right? If you were a bear or a mountain lion, yeah. like Yeah. So, this case is still open. Although, investigators kind of, like, the general consensus is that he was lost to the elements and exposure. Like, he got hypothermia and then That's why he took his boots off, because of hypothermia, and then just wandered. It's weird to me, though, that, like, 
I'm not an experienced outdoors person at all, but <laughs> me neither. I, I know enough that if I start feeling really warm when I'm outside, like I can't take my clothes off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially your boots because that's like in direct contact with the snow. Yeah. Logical thinking. If I want to keep my feet, I must keep my boots on. Yeah, you would think. So just to like, you know, spitfire stuff. Please do. He had the GPS, mm-hmm. right? So the GPS would have been found in June, right? With his other gear? I don't know if like I just didn't backpack? write it down, but I don't remember hearing anything about the GPS after. So what if they never found the GPS? Ooh. Okay, also this is, I just feel the need to say this because I'm going to forget. What if there's like a special type of person that the forest can pick up on and then the forest can, because you know, trees, tree telepathy is a thing, which means that trees must have some sort of power to them. Yeah. I am just going off on a tangent. This is not real life no, right now. my mind. <laughs> okay. So what if there's certain people with certain genes that the forest just kind of like engulfs and turns into like forest men which is why they take their shoes off so they can better communicate with the with the forest oh. like the roots I want the breath of the forest <laughs> I don't, it's the milk <laughs> oh my gosh in a case where they are within like eyesight of the road what if that's the forest being like no you actually can't go. go so i'm gonna take the life force that i gave you away Oh, I got, sh- I got chills. Me too. <laughs> that. That's not real life. But it could be. The conspiracy theorist. If you think about it, if he was out there all winter somehow surviving mm-hmm. on like the different caches that he found around the area, mm-hmm. like that would make you go a little bit weird in the brain, right? Yes. Being without humans, being without proper food and shelter. I mean, I would imagine so. And constantly being on edge because you would mm-hmm. consistently have to be... You know, yeah. trying, like, watching your back, making sure you're not prey. Yeah. And, like, if maybe you get within eyesight of the road and it's like you're finally free and you're like, I can't actually become a human again. I have to... I can't. Okay, well, you just took it to, like, a whole deeper psychologic <laughs> level. Whoa. Oh, you man. yourself are like, I am now a person of the forest. Yeah. I can't be integrated back into civ- civilization. Yeah. I have to just stay here. Which is crazy. Um, okay, can I tell you some of the theories about specifically him? Yes. Aaron Hedges? Mr. Hedges. There's theories that he could have been, like, poaching. Um, illegal hunting? Yeah. Okay. So maybe he could have been poaching on someone's property, perhaps, because he did have his hunting license with him, and maybe that person took offense and then... Murdered him? Yeah. Maybe. That's quite the theory. And if it was that, it would kind of make sense why his friends didn't contact the authorities right away. Because they were like, oh, we were doing this bad thing. Oh, we can't go to the authorities because... We don't want to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. I could totally see if it was another hunter. Like, Aaron did go off on his own to do his own thing mm-hmm. far enough away. And maybe he did end up tracking something and then... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's a Oof. thought. Like so many of these cases, nothing explains everything. Like, it doesn't tell you why his boots were, like, miles away from his backpack. Mm-hmm. The energy drink. That is so weird. The fact that he could see, like, civilization and somehow didn't make it. It's weird and it's sad. It is so sad. It is sad. That's our only case for tonight, though, which... Okay. Might be okay. 
few. <laughs> Keep it light. We're going into some theories next, and I have many, no many. idea. <laughs> Actually, while you're looking at theories, I'm going to try and find a woodland tip. <laughs> a woodland tip. Mm-hmm. Mia's woodland tips. The first and easiest woodland tip here, don't go out alone. There you go. Bring at least one or two people with you and go out as a group. And also tell people that you're going. Um, okay. So, did you watch the documentaries that are on Prime, I think? Um, the two David Politis ones? Yeah. Yes. Okay. The second one, the one about the hunters, Mm -hmm. really got to me. Yeah. Like, the first one... I felt like I was just watching a documentary and it was super interesting. But the second one, like, I feel like the information just touched me really deeply and it gave me lots of chills. It was scary. It actually was. Like the Sierra Camp Sounds and the Saran Wrap Blobs, which I'm going to talk about. Dude. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to talk about both of those. Okay. So I've titled this section Saran Wrap Blobs. So It's accurate. <laughs> So, on August 29th, 2010, a hunter named Jan McAbee was out hunting for deer on her property when she saw something really weird. So, her husband, Bruce, he's an optical physicist. And I was going to go somewhere with this while I was doing the notes. I was like, an optical physicist must be something to do with the eyes. And then that might explain something about what she saw. It has nothing to do with that. Oh, I don't know what it is. I don't understand any of it. Well, but, but it's, it's not optical, about that. so it's all about optics. Are like the things that you can see, and physicist is like physics, right? Yeah. So he like studies the things that you can see, which is like every science except for like hmm. particle physicists. That's hmm. yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is, um, but they seem like a pretty reputable couple. Yeah, I, I would think, say so. Yeah, and I think he was in the documentary too. I think so because she was pretty shaken up when this happened and yeah. he was there shortly after i think yeah so she was in a tree okay i think i'm stepping in here now okay <laughs> i'm pretty sure so like when you're hunting deer you kind of have like a hunting post which is kind of like i don't know how to describe it it's like up off the ground but it's kind of just like a watchtower Where you just sort of sit there in, like, a chair waiting for something to come in your line of sight that you can then just hit. But it's not very big, and it's safer than just, like, sitting on a tree branch. (laughs) Which I'm sure some people do, but I'm pretty sure she had a little, like, watching post. Right, that makes sense. Okay. It's like an elevated seat. Mm -hmm. Like a really high seat. (laughs) Right. Okay, so she could hear the local school band playing outside, nearby. All of a sudden, the woods went dead silent. That's a bad sign. Mm-hmm. Woodland tip: if the woods go silent, run. Like run you're them. in trouble. <laughs> you're in a bad situation. Because that usually means that there's something that's freaking out the birds and the like chipmunks and stuff in the area, like a big predator or something like that. Yeah. If the woods have gone quiet, it means that there's a reason for them to go quiet, which is never a good sign. Yeah. It's like the birds are trying not to be seen or heard, so you should, like, make yourself scarce. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) For your own safety. (laughs) At first, she thought that there was something in her eye. You know how you can sometimes see those eye floaties? Oh, yes. She thought it was one of those. But then she realized that it was real. What she was seeing was actually happening. It was distorting the area around her. So she described it as a large piece of saran wrap moving through the trees. 
And she said that it like almost seemed to grow an arm, almost like a blob would do. <laughs> you know those blobs? Yeah, that have an arm. Something like a tentacle that reaches. Yeah, not yeah. like an arm with hands. But like no, a, something. Yeah, yeah, an arm-like thing. Yeah, an appendage. Thank you. Much better word. <laughs> And it reached over like 12 to 14 feet to another tree and kind of absorbed over to that tree. So it like oozed along the trees. And from the way that she described it, it kind of sounded like it was above her. Not like directly above her, but above her line of sight in front of her. So it wasn't like low to the ground or anything. No. If she was on the ground, she probably wouldn't have seen it. Because it would have been so far above her that she might have missed it. Exactly. So after about 10 seconds, which is more than enough time to process and oh. like see that this is happening. Oh, yeah. Try to wrap your head around it. The two second mark, the two to three second mark, I feel like goes on forever. And in that time, your brain is like, is this, is this happening? And then at like four to five seconds, I feel like your body is like, what do we do? Yeah, no, this a fight or flight has set in now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So this is another weird thing about it. There is a photo on her camera that she doesn't remember taking okay well that's scary so the photo is like a completely different resolution than the other photos that are on her phone and it's also completely different than anything the phone is capable of taking ew so she took photos before and i think like right before this happened that were fine and normal yeah so it wasn't like a camera glitch it was the camera shouldn't even be capable of that type of resolution. And I don't understand cameras, but I think no. Bruce was on here telling us about it. And he made it sound like it was crazy. So <laughs> <laughs> so she stayed there, she thinks, for probably about half an hour longer. And she doesn't remember when, but eventually the sounds of the forest came back. So this thing, whatever it was, moved on. She says that she wasn't scared at the time when it happened. Which kind of makes sense to me because your brain is so busy trying to figure out what's happening that it's yeah. not. It's like time overwhelmed. To be yeah. yeah. But she. But looking back on it, it's pretty obvious that it, she was shaken. Like this actually happened to her, and she knows that it's weird because yeah. this is not like like this isn't like seeing Bigfoot or like an alien spaceship. This is like something completely bizarre. Yeah. And weird. Like, can you even wrap your mind around what is happening? Yeah. Like that's like that'd be so creepy. Apparently, this is also weird, around that very same time, there was a sighting in the school field where the band practice was happening. There was a sighting of a bright light above the field, not like in the sky, but just above the tree line, and it was kind of pulsating, the student said, and it was just kind of like standing there, and they stopped to like look at it, but by the time that they had like registered that it was there, it was gone. I remember hearing that. Which is so bizarre. Like, how does that even, like, relate, you know? Well, because, and it's also scary because now you have, like, multiple people. Like, you have a whole school band who can, or at least part of a whole school band who can, like, vouch that there was something there. Yeah, something weird. Yeah. And, okay, so my theory. What if this blob creature was, like, an alien and then the bright light was its spaceship? Ooh. <laughs> okay. I have nothing to back this up, but that's the only way I can think that they would be connected. There's nothing more plausible. There's nothing, like, scientific about it. I like it, though. <laughs> Actually, when you mentioned how it was moving, mm-hmm. the first thing that I thought was, so what if this is, like, the spirit of the forest? 
that traps unsuspecting people walking through the forest Mm -hmm. and makes them take their shoes off (laughs) and traps them there oh maybe like if it like finds it like if it absorbs into you yeah it like just comes down from above and like scoops you up and then because it can travel 12 to 14 feet in one like arm swing that's how you can get so so far from where you first left but doesn't explain the light though unless that was literally the spirit of the forest looking for a victim out in the school field because it was (laughs) so close oh that's spooky um i'm sure the spirit of the forest is nice though not you're making a murderous at all (laughs) i know but i'm sure that's not true (laughs) um another one of my theories kind of like that is that the blob is like a portal it's a moving portal so like if you walk through it or if it like falls on you or whatever it'll transport you somewhere like you'll ping back into reality kind of like where Aaron was found, maybe, theoretically, or all the other cases where they were found far away. And that's why the dogs can't track them. And that's really they similar. Disappear. Yeah, that's really similar to yours, where it, like, absorbs you and, like, carries you somewhere. Which is more terrifying, the imagery of that. Because that kind of makes it have, like, a soul. Or, like, yeah. an entity with that can think for itself that's, like, picking you up. Okay, but yeah. I, I, need, I need to add on to your theory. So what if this portal was more like a black hole that just has this force that pulls things towards it which is why the camera quality was so distorted because it's literally distorting everything around it by yeah. this like black hole pulling energy yeah well like things in the forest <laughs> do that right like we will talk about it in the next episode Ooh. Um, bigfoot <laughs> he does that to things he'll mess with el- electronics and stuff yeah like what if that's just a thing that what if that's a forest, the forest do but it doesn't explain the light like what was this light you know? That was just hovering in the sky. What if that was a distraction? So, like, what if it thought that it was going to find something along the floor? Okay. I am in full conspiracy <laughs> mode now, man. Just hear me out. Okay. What if? Okay. Being up in the trees saved Jan. What if it sensed that there was something in the general area and it went looking for it, but because she wasn't on the floor... The roots of the floor couldn't sense where she was, which is why it just was there for like 10 seconds, but just moved on by because it couldn't find her. And the light over the field was a distraction because it was actually going to get her. And like, should she have screamed, the people in the band would have been distracted by this bright light. (laughs) Oh, chills. Oh, gross. Oh, no. Ew. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) that's like so scary because it's like the forest including like the roots and the trees and the ground itself are like conspiring to try to absorb people into their (laughs) this is how the forest gets life no oh my gosh no no (laughs) that's completely unrealistic and i'm sure that that's not what happens in the forest at all what if it is i'm sure it's not but it might be i mean reasonably how else do you explain the saran wrap blob though the forest is out to get us. I'm cave. The, the cave. And you know why? Because <laughs> we're cutting down the trees exactly. and global warming. Lorax. This is the forest fighting back right now, guys. Ew. We need to do better. We do. If we stop cutting down the forest, I'll stop taking random hunters and people and children. That's most important. Stop taking our That's babies. That's true. Just leave, leave the babies. Leave the babies. Also leave the valuable people. Yeah. All people. Leave the people alone. I don't know what else you can take. <laughs> <laughs> don't take the animals either. No, you can't have them. 
what if the animals are in on it? And they probably <laughs> are, actually. That's why the birds went quiet. They were all like, oh, we can't let her know that there's something here. Shh. Or what if they all went ultrasonic and did... <laughs> and <laughs> and caused the bright light. Yeah, and they, they called with this supersonic sound. They called the blob Oh, and they were like, there. victim right here. Yeah. And then the blob was like, it's not on the ground. I don't know where this human is. And moved by. Yeah. Don't listen to this episode before you go to bed. This is not <laughs> bedtime brain food for you. No, go listen to Nessie. Yeah. Hmm. Can I tell you about something that I don't know anything about? Mm-hmm. This is what I wanted to talk about that I just heard on um, TikTok the other day. There's a video of this guy. He's, like, testing out his flashlight in the woods. And from behind a tree, you can see what looks like a arm wrapped around the tree and then like when he shines a flashlight over there he doesn't see it but in the video you can see it like moves its arm back as if it doesn't want him to know that it's there so but someone on the video was like it's a hide behind what is a hide behind that's what i was like oh my good lord ew (laughs) okay i need a jacket i need like a comfort thing now because i'm actually I don't know anything about it, but (laughs) excited to talk about it as I Google myself. So I'm taking this directly from the Wikipedia article about Hypohind. It is a nocturnal, fearsome critter from American folklore that preys upon humans that wander the woods. Apparently it was blamed for the disappearances of loggers when they didn't come back to camp. So the hide behind is able to conceal itself. Because when an observer attempts to look directly at it, the creature hides behind an object (laughs) or behind the person. No! (laughs) No! Ew! I knew you were going to say that! (laughs) So, like, imagine you're just walking through the forest one day and you, like, feel something behind you. That you turn around and it's not there. Woodland tip number one. <laughs> Always go with at least one person you can go back to back with. Just walk Don't be the- a fool. <laughs> walking through the forest back to back. <laughs> Guns ready to go. You do you need to be the same height as the person? Well imagine if like you and me were back. That's to what back. I was thinking. Like, Would they I was just wondering there. that, yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't hide on something. It's only behind something though. Ew, okay. So apparently it drags its prey, like lumberjacks generally, I guess it's its favorite food. It like drags them back to his lair and then devours them. Okay, well that doesn't sound that scary actually. Oh, but oh, it does have a severe aversion to alcohol. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> Pardon me? What does that mean? If or Do you need to just saturate your intestines with alcohol then? Or do you just need to carry like a spray bottle of alcohol? Just be drunk all the time so it doesn't eat you. Maybe you just need both. Saturate the organs plus your spray bottle of alcohol. If you get this yes. weird feeling behind you, just just spray the alcohol. Just, have- just behind you. <laughs> just whatever. Yeah. Have like a water gun full of alcohol and another one full of holy water. <laughs> it's just be ready to go at any point. <laughs> and then also you need to bring salt so you can salt ring yourself mm-hmm. if... Because you never know. And a friend so you can stand back back the entire time you're in the forest. <laughs> That's right, I forgot about the golden rule. <laughs> First, I'll talk about Will the Wisps. Okay. I totally thought it was Willow the Wisps, but it's Will of the Wisps, yeah. not named Willow. 
like willow tree. Yeah, so it's like a will of the wisps. Like, oh, the the will of the wisps. Yeah. Oh. Like, if you, like when you say it quickly and then you say it slowly, then it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's like I'm. It's like an onion. Every time you say it, I'm yeah. understanding more, more layers. layers. <laughs> <laughs> like an ogre. Um, <laughs> I think they were in Brave. Yes. Yeah. Because they li- led her off, right? Yeah. Right. To find her destiny. Oh, but I thought they were bad. So, they kind of are. So, they are also known as spook lights or ghost lights. Okay, those are scarier names. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, Will of the Wisps sounds so cute. It does. It sounds like a friend. Yeah. They're not. Cool. Apparently, they're like lights in the woods that like show up around swamps or in the forest, and they kind of lure people to them. So like you'll think you're getting closer, but it'll keep moving away from you. What if is it? What if it's related to lightning bugs, fireflies? Fireflies, yeah. Thank you. It could it could be that. That's one of the theories for them. Oh my goodness. Um, but these are super popular in English and European folklore, and oftentimes these like creatures are attributed to the fae or elemental spirits. We'll talk about fairies in a second. Okay. So. The light is supposed to, like, emulate a lantern, so someone will see it and think that there's a person out in the bog there, and they have to go save them. Oh my goodness. And follow them. So, nowadays, sometimes people try to explain this phenomenon, because apparently it actually happens, as bioluminescence caused by a chemical reaction of the organic decay in swamps and stuff, so, like, the gases rise up and have a reaction, and then it just, like, like, almost like the northern lights, but on a smaller scale. Okay. That's reasonable to me. Yeah. Whether it's, like, supernatural or it's just, like, the physical chemicals, if you, like, it can cause this feeling of distortion due to the chemicals or the fairies messing with your brain. And before you know it, you're, like, miles away from where you started. So that could be what happened to some of these people that ended up so far away. They see these lights and think that they can get help, and then all of a sudden they're miles away and don't know how they Mm. got there and don't know how to get back. I mean, the brain can do some really weird things, too. Yeah, especially in the dark and the cold and the forest at night. Especially, and tunnel vision, mm-hmm. 100% a thing. Yeah, and if you're, like, cold and scared in the woods, of course you're going to follow the only light that you see. Well, yeah, because your whole body is going to be like, this is my only option. So you'll just forget how long you've been following it. Yeah, especially if you're, like, a kid and you're, Aww. like... This is a person, this is an adult who can help me. Of course. Yeah. Let's talk about the fairy aspect of this, though. Okay. Fairies are something I'm so interested in. Okay, wait. Which fairy are we talking about? Is it F-A-I-R-Y or F-A-E-R-I-E? Those ones, the scary ones. Okay, the bad ones. The scary ones. (laughs) The non-fairy tale ones. So, okay, so say that you're, like, walking through the woods, and then you look down and realize that you stepped into a fairy circle. So this is a circle of like mushrooms or like grass or like flowers that's just in like a ring. And if you step through, it's supposed to be like a portal into the fairy realm, right? Oh my goodness. So you get transported to the fairy realm and they try to get you to stay for as long as they possibly can because they Why? want you to stay there because they're fairies. They're, they like to trick you and they like to keep you. Are they like the same thing where if you believe in them, that's their like life source? I don't know. There's, like, a lot of different (laughs) stories. That's, like, the, um... That's, like, the child version. Yeah. Yeah. So, especially, like, kids. Like, you're gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna gonna go find a fairy. Of course. Yeah. So you show up, and they're like, here, have some food. Have some water. Have some some of our delicious fairy 
sparkling beverage and then when you eat the food you stay there forever you can't leave after you eat a fairy's food you're not getting out of there it's like the lotus flower from percy jackson it absolutely is some of these people you've never found so what if they just got abducted by the fae they stepped into a fairy ring and then they they got taken that actually would explain why remains sometimes are never found yeah or like in some cases like in Aaron's case although I don't want to speculate specifically about one case okay about certain unnamed cases <laughs> yes it almost feels as if they were on a different timeline they survived it seems like for like a long time or they yeah. like died that night or you know weird things are wrong with the timeline yeah what if like the person was there they were in the fairy realm and they didn't eat the food so they got to leave but by the time they left they're perception of time is different in the fairy realm so when they get out it's like been like a year yeah and then they can't survive in the wild because the fairies trick their brain and then they're like you know yeah wandering around the forest there was the one case of this man who literally went missing for a year in the forest i totally can't remember and i remember researching it when we did the last episode but i didn't include it in that one because that was for children right (laughs) but i i want to say that he was in canada or close to the border or like the rockies or the appalachian trail i don't really remember where i was but it was a big forest and he one day entered on one side of the forest and a year later he exited the other side of the forest but he had like a t-shirt on and like shorts and i think or he was severely underdressed for whatever was going on and i think he was just found dazed and confused and when people were like where were you? What happened? He was like, I don't remember. That's I don't remember so anything. Scary. And then they found out that he had been missing. Like, someone had filed a missing persons report for him, like, a year later. Or before. A year before. So he was reunited with his family, and he still was like, I have no idea what happened. Okay, so he definitely got taken by the Fae. He kind of might have gotten taken by the Fae. I'm just And saying. they're, like, brainwashing powers. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't eat the food... They would have to make sure that you had no recollection of what happened. Because yeah. otherwise you would, like, say. We're not demonizing fairies here. No. I'm just saying that this could be a thing. We are severe speculators. <laughs> we will examine every possibility. <laughs> Can I introduce another woodland tip that I found? Yeah. So someone on... Oh, it's Quora, not Reddit. There's this really great woodland tip, um, which is... You know, in the event that you're just walking along and you happen to see, like, breadcrumbs or a gingerbread house, like, don't eat it. Don't eat any wood candy. (laughs) Don't eat wood candy. No, no, no. Woodland or wood candy. Just none of it. Good tips here, folks. (laughs) These are (laughs) life-saving. Um, aliens? Heck yeah, aliens. It could be aliens. Of course it's aliens. Like, they could be abducting people, and then sometimes they, like, keep them, and that's why you never find them, or they, like, let them go, and that's why, like, they end up miles away without their clothes <laughs> in the woods. There must be clearings in the woods, then, that they can feasibly get to. Yeah. To, like, take you, right? Yeah. Or do they just beam you up? <laughs> <laughs> like, in amongst the trees, they can just... Yeah. Beam you? I mean, maybe. I don't know anything about aliens. I just, I didn't even write down, like, an actual bullet point. I just wrote Oh, that's so funny. I was looking for the bullet point. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I won't find it. Okay. But it could be aliens. (laughs) Literally everything could be aliens. 
Yeah. You could be an alien. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it would explain so much. It so would, though. No. <laughs> oh, this is the part where I get to talk about it. Okay. Ooh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited we, about this. We got this. serious here. Staircases in the woods. Oh, no. Half of this is going to be fictional because I need to talk about it. Okay. So, the staircases in the woods are often dismissed as an urban legend. But urban legends often have a bit of truth to them. There's always a bit of truth. (laughs) All lies have some truth. It is said that if you walk through the woods, you may stumble across a set of stairs. So these stairs will generally look out of place, although I don't know how they could look in place. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But generally, it looks almost as if they were, like, picked up and dropped there. Like, they'll be made of stone, or there'll be carpet on them, or they'll be weirdly clean. Like, there'll be something weird about the stairs, you know? According to this legend. (laughs) Mia has a very shocked face. I have something I want to say. Ooh, what? Okay, what if... If we bridge the staircases and aliens... The stairs that look oddly human, what if when they're beaming people up, they accidentally get the stairs too, so they have to dispose them in the woods? Okay, so like somebody like sees something outside of their house, and they like go out and walk onto their steps, like their porch steps? Yes, they're, looking up, they're porch and then steps. beams them up with the porch steps? Yes! Dude, that's so spooky. <laughs> <laughs> what happens if you just put your own staircase out there? Are you like immune? <laughs> I no longer have stairs, so I cannot be abducted. <laughs> I was moving on to a different theory. I was like, if the staircases are not aliens and they have like power, what if you insert your own staircases in the woods because they're yours and you're putting them there? Are you now immune to the I staircase would, power? It wouldn't mess with the aliens like that. That just seems like asking them <laughs> that's, to. That's that true. That's like a taunt. <laughs> see these stairs? <laughs> or it could be like, if you see the stairs and you walk up them, which you're not supposed to do, that's where the alien portal goes. And that's where they like beam down and pick you up from. What if it's like the, the Korean elevator game? Ooh, where yeah. you have to like do certain steps and then finish by going at the top backwards. Ew. That's scary. Isn't that how you play the elevator game? Like, you press certain numbers, and then at one point, to get off the elevator, you have to walk off backwards. Yeah, don't do it, though. Yeah, no, don't. Do not play the elevator game. Okay, I have to talk about the no-sleep story. There is a popular no-sleep story on Reddit, and it's so good. I've read it, like, a bunch of times. Oh my goodness. It's so good. So, in it, the narrator is, like, a search and rescue officer, and it's written as if it's true. So, it could be true. We don't know. Okay. Um, so, they talk about the weird things that happen in national parks, and they talk about this in, like, great detail, and it's very creepy, and it's called Search and Rescue Woods. Just that, all, no spaces, no capitals. I think you showed, you sent this to me once, and you're like, don't read it before bed, and I did. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So, this may be the origin of the legend. This came out in 2015. So the narrator, I can't remember their name, but they say that it's pretty common to see these staircases 30 miles into the woods, far away from anything. And sometimes it will look so completely out of place, like completely clean or completely modern or like taken from an interior of a house, obviously. It's not just like crumbling stone or wood. So they were always told by their superiors to never go up these stairs. 
Although nobody would actually give them a solid reason as to why. They would just be like, no, don't, don't do it. Well, that's suspicious. It would be so easy to just lie and be like, well, because there's no railings and it's so dangerous, <laughs> you could just fall off. And then what are we going to do? You're in the middle of the woods. <laughs> they should have just said that and then no one would be suspicious. <laughs> and nobody would climb them. That's right. <laughs> Work safe. <laughs> so generally... They would stumble across these stairs while they're searching for a missing person, and then they would come back later and the stairs would be gone. They would also never see the same ones twice. And sometimes, this is weird and hard to picture, the staircase would be flipped upside down. The top step would be stuck into the, like, the, the ground. The, the floor. Yeah. I don't know how that works, but apparently that's a thing that happens, according to this probably fictional story. <laughs> Like a glitch in the matrix. Like something was putting it there and they did it wrong. What if it is the forest taking people? Which forest? I'm sure it's not. I'm sure you're not taking anyone. I love you. They're you're so respectable forest. forest. Is listening, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> but what, it, hypothetically speaking, allegedly, what if they're taking people? But it's like, you know, one of those suspense movies where there's one way you can save them, and there's one opening you have to save them within this given amount of time, and it's the staircase. Like, that's your way to save a person. Mm. But then you have to go on this journey up the stairs to get to them. Yeah. Also, the stairs, it makes you feel, if you approach one, it makes you feel like a sense of dread, which I imagine that anything (laughs) out of place in the woods would make you feel a bit dread honestly for me just being near the woods is like dread yeah (laughs) is that a spooky tree (laughs) generally like all the animals around it will be quiet and it'll be like stepping into like a completely separate place from the rest of the forest which is well that's upsetting another story is that someone once made it to the top step reached out and then their hand disappeared like it was gone like a portal Oh, or wait, like it was like sliced off and never came back? Yeah. Okay, well, I don't love that. Well, maybe they just half portaled through. Like maybe they just needed to go the whole way and then they'd rejoin their hand on the other side. Yeah, they just needed to jump off of the stairs into the portal. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. That sounds stupid. (laughs) Well, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, it sounds dumb though. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. (laughs) Never jump off stairs. It's bad for your knees. (laughs) And your head. And and possibly your hands. (laughs) Um, One more story is that a woman walked up the stairs and then walked down and then said something along the lines of, I don't feel great. Ew. And then immediately dropped it. Oh, well, that's a bad story. I don't like that one. Yeah. So don't touch the stairs. Don't even like climb on them at all. Woodland tip number three. (laughs) If you see anything that looks like stairs... Stay at least 10 to 15 feet away from the shadow and do not touch it. Don't touch it. Should you look at it, though? Maybe not. Yeah, okay. Just pay attention to where you're stepping because it could... What happens if it teleports in front of you while yeah. you're walking around it? Ew. Like, it tricks you. It's like, yeah. I really want to catch this person. <laughs> like a fun game that is playing. Ew. Ew. <laughs> so, this story in particular kind of hints that the whole thing is a cover-up by the park service. And there's Ooh. other creepy things that the story goes into. It's terrifying and horrifying and so good. Go read it. Please. Yeah, actually do it. Again, yeah. not at night. If you have a very active imagination, don't read it at night. Don't. I will say that I found some articles referring to the referring to these stories as like fact, but no sleep is like not known for real accounts. <laughs> But it could be real. I want it to be because it's so spooky. You never know with 
anything on the internet nowadays. No, you don't. It could be real. Always again, believe the things you read online. I mean, again, what is a fact? Nothing is fact. Again. No. Only opinions. That's correct. One of the theories is that, like, maybe houses just kind of decay and the, the stone steps are the last thing remaining because they're made of stone. Hmm. Okay. That's reasonable. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of weird that you wouldn't see other things around it, but, like, you know, it could be a thing. Or what if it's, like, you know how sometimes when, like, tsunamis come through, they'll demolish everything apart from a few things? Yeah. Or it could be used as a ritualistic or spiritual portal by well, Slender Man. That's what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. All of these are frightening. <laughs> <laughs> so, in summary, don't touch the staircases in the woods. Don't touch it. Walk away. Yeah, tip tip three or tip four. Don't touch the staircases. Don't oh, touch tip them. three was walk far around the staircases. Tip four is under no circumstances do you touch the staircases. I hope someone is writing these down because this is gold. This is how you survive in the outside. I don't even remember what we have so far. Whatever it is, it's right. Oh, yeah. When you and your partner are back to back, (laughs) make sure that if one of you spots a staircase, (laughs) you stay very far away from it. If you're the partner of the person that spots the staircase, you know, just in case there's some weird, like, gravitational pull towards the staircase, Mm -hmm. it's up to you to make sure that your partner does not inch closer to the staircase yeah so your arm clasps while you're back to back <laughs> you just gotta hold them steady don't let them go into a hypnotic state you that's gotta right. walk away that's right maybe like turn again <laughs> just keep going in circles all through the woods <laughs> <laughs> just spin <laughs> okay. i mean that's fair though because if if a force can only impact one thing like if it's only strong enough to impact one thing yeah it can impact on you if you're consistently, you know, moving and being cut off by something else. You yeah. Know? Keep totally spinning. Totally makes sense. Yeah. Just keep spinning. Tip five, keep spinning. <laughs> Just keep spinning. <laughs> okay, I got two more. First one's boring and the second one is really interesting. Ooh, I so. love it. Okay. <laughs> So, our next theory is that it could just be criminal activity. Um, so, it could just be bad people being bad. Human traffickers, kidnappers, murderers. And I do True. believe that some of these cases are attributable to this. Specifically, yeah. the Dior Coons Jr. case. Yeah. Which is the main subject of the first Missing 411 documentary. It seems like it's, it's weird that that one doesn't really fit in with the other ones. It seems pretty cut and dry that something bad happened to him and it was caused by another human. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Whereas some of these cases, it's like, nothing makes sense. Like, why didn't you keep your boots on and why are you, like, miles away from where you should be? Mm-hmm. Which is interesting that it was included in the documentary. Yeah, and it's weird that it was the main focus of it. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I mean, it's super good, though. It's, it's really yeah, good. Obviously, yeah. all of these cases need attention. Absolutely. Including that one. Yes. And it would also explain the high number of children that go missing. True. Yeah. But it wouldn't explain the higher number of men who go missing, as men generally are the perpetrators of violence, and they will generally target women and children rather than other men. Ah, uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of weird. And yeah. I think last episode we talked about forest people, so we won't go into that. But that's also, like, weird, you know? Totally possible, too. Yeah. And the national parks are a good place to get away with these crimes. It's a lot of times it'll just be, like, written off as an animal attack or exposure or just, like, a missing person or accidents. Like, it's rough terrain, right? Yeah. So it makes sense. 
But if someone is like unfamiliar with the territory and then you got a bad guy who hunts or does bad things generally in this area, then he's super familiar with it and then you have a bunch of people coming in and out that aren't and then he has this like great advantage, right? You like the one where he had the diagram. There was a child that went missing, but then there was this big family camping trip and then they met up with other people of the same name as they were traveling up. Yeah. And then someone said that they found in a search this diagram of how to get from where the diagram was found to the campsite. Oh, right. That this guy supposedly dropped when he was scurrying off yeah. after someone spotted him. Like a map. Yeah. And there could be like underground tunnels and stuff. I think there's a lot of them around these national parks that they could use I think to get so. around. Right? Totally. And do their bad guy things. Yeah. Bad guys are bad guys. Bad guys are gonna bad guy. They are gonna bad guy. Bad. <laughs> Very intelligent conversation we're having tonight. <laughs> okay, my last point. We got the Sierra Camp Sounds. Okay, this one's spook. It's so spooky. Okay, so <laughs> this was like a pretty major part of the second Missing 411 documentary. And basically, the Sierra Camp is a popular hunting camp that has been around since the 1950s. And the original campers include Warren and Lewis Johnson, Bill McDowell, and Ron Moorhead. And I think Ron is in the documentary. So it's kind of close to Yosemite National Park. It's very remote and has lots of deer and bear. So it's like a hunting place and it's pretty professional. There's like no alcohol allowed. Like you go there and you just stay there and then you like go out and hunt during the day okay so the hunters who stay at this camp have reported strange sounds at night so there is a specific guy that david interviews in the documentary i didn't get his name i don't know if they just didn't put it down but i didn't write it down for whatever reason but he has been going there since 1971 and he has heard the noises ever since he started going he says that when they hear these grunts or whoops they know that they need to go inside the shelter and like bar the door and it's not a very, like, secure shelter. It's, it's just, isn't it just, like, sticks? It's kind of just sticks. Like, like big, or big logs or something? Yeah, like, it's not very secure. It's not, like, a building. And they could kind of hear them, hear this creature, or these creatures around the camp, and they could tell that whatever it was, it was big. Professional analysis of the recordings that Ron specifically took indicate that the noises were made by a creature between seven to eight feet tall, and that there was more than one. Yikes! So, the range of frequencies were much lower and higher than humans, and it does not seem like a human could have made it. I saw another video of this guy talking about it, and he put the sounds in a a voice recorder thing, and you could tell that the human sounds, when they were, like, trying to communicate and whooping at them, or, like, mm-hmm. making sounds at them, they were within a few a certain, octaves. Yeah. Right? But the sounds of the other ones, the responding noises mm-hmm. were um a range of five octaves in oh the my. same sound wow they would like let out a whoop sound and it would range from a low, low octave to a high, high octave. octave which a human cannot do physically our voice like our our larynxes or whatever no. don't do it there's only like a few incredibly famous and well-trained singers that have i don't even does anyone have a five octave range Maybe Freddie Mercury or Mariah Carey. (laughs) Um, The guy on this video almost made it sound like it was happening at the same time. So, like, when we talk, we talk, when I make a sound, it's it's one note, right? Yeah. But 
some creatures when they make a sound it's almost like they have to they can split the sound yeah so it's almost he made it sound like it could split the sound between the low octave and the high octave and the same note i don't know if that's right but that's what i got from this okay that's that totally makes sense though do you ever experience sometimes because this has happened to me a few times when my vocal cords are like i don't know if it's that they're tired or if they're stiff or something but I will make, like, a normal sound, and it'll split. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. And you are making, like, two sounds at the same time. They're not octaves apart. They're just, like, a few notes apart, and it sounds awful. It's never, like, a good (laughs) note. (laughs) Yeah. So this tape that Ron took, there was no indication that it had been tampered with or pre-recorded in any way. They analyzed it, and there was no way that this could have been done hoaxed or anything. That's really interesting actually it kind of seems like the hunters were almost trying to communicate with them so in the recordings you can hear that they'll be like whooping and the thing will be responding clearly yeah but at some points it sounds like a voice it sounds like a human speaking Mm -hmm. some people thought that maybe the creatures were trying to scare them away kind of wanting them to not be there anymore Mm -hmm. like copying them to try and spook them yeah or some creatures imitate humans so maybe it's learning what they sound like and that's what i was thinking yeah and so okay when we did like the hawaiian littlefoot we did the hawaiian littlefoot right yeah menehune yeah the menehune actually yeah so there is one report of this man who was going by this hedge and he said that on the other side of the hedge there were almost like people talking but they weren't quite speaking english yeah yeah um, okay, so <laughs> that ki- that type of, like, Bigfoot or Littlefoot um, sound yeah. is called samurai chatter. S- really? Yeah, there's a specific word for it, and I think this is an older term, right? Okay, yeah. So basically, the way that it sounds like, and you can hear it on the recordings, when the thing is responding to them, it sounds almost like, uh, to some people on Reddit, it sounds almost okay. like Mandarin or Japanese. but like a distorted version of that others pointed out that it could be like a native american dialect and that maybe these creatures had lived alongside people in the past and like learned this dialect and then it kind of got distorted in the way when they stopped communicating with humans and by these creatures i'm sure you understand that i mean bigfoot (laughs) Uh, oh yeah oh yeah of course yeah so that's highly terrifying because then it's like they're trying to communicate like they have things to say and they're like communicating in the way that a human would even though we can't really understand them right yeah yeah bigfoots are so oh i just love them so the reason that i'm on my phone by the way so much and like not looking at you is because so when you said mentioned the year 1971 i was kind of like hmm i wonder when the patterson um gim is it gimli film yeah gimlin film came out and it was 1967 so i was like well maybe it's just like you know people whooping out there but then you said no it's the octaves so then i was like huh i wonder how far away bluff creek where the film was filmed and sierra campground is and i'm still trying to figure that out okay whoa weird yeah um we will get more into this in the next episode because our next one will be about bigfoot right yes i'm so excited so excited oh my goodness (laughs) i will say that one time apparently it sounded like their camp was being torn apart but when they checked everything was fine so they were inside the shelter hearing their things being torn apart 
and when they came out, it was fine. Like, maybe the creature was trying to lure them out, and maybe it's capable of making different types of vocalizations. Like, it can sound like it's tearing things apart, but it's actually not. It's literally a parrot. Yeah. It's, like, imitating things. Okay, I don't love that, really. I don't really love that. No. How would it even know how to imitate that? Would it have heard... I don't a camp, know. another campsite being torn up, and that's how it knows to imitate what the sound would be. Yeah, maybe it did it once, and then it remembered the sound. And then it was like, "Wow, that was a lot of effort. I'll just <laughs> use the sounds and see what happens." <laughs> Yikes! Oh, that's horrifying. Yikes. Oh my goodness! The Sierra camp sounds are so. I cannot stress enough. Go and listen to the recording, please. It's they actually so scary. are really scary. Okay, so they're. It's not like very close. No. By the way. No. They're both in California, but I wonder, is there a mountain range that runs through there that they could feasibly travel, like the Appalachian Trail? Oh, heck yeah. Yeah? I'm gonna say yes. They're totally, this is all mountain, and there's a national, there's a bunch of national forests that they could travel through to get to, from Bluff Creek to Yosemite. Sierra Nevada Mountains. Cool. Wow, collectively we're actually getting stuff done. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you nudge it over a little bit, it's in the valley. Sacramento Valley or San Joaquin Valley? San Joaquin Valley. And that's where the the food is. The food? In the valleys. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the food goes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I know what you mean. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It sounded dumb when I said it. Okay, okay, anyways, let's, can I just Side tell track. you a few more things? Please, okay. please tell me as many things as you can. Okay, so a couple more things that they have heard at the Sierra camp that are weird. So, they have heard a sound that sounded like a tuning fork. Okay, well that's concerning, because that's a really specific sound. Like, that's not something you would, like, mistake. For anything. A tuning fork is a tuning fork. What if the thing makes it sound like a tuning fork to find the noise that it needs to make? You know, like when you do like, you like go up the octave to find like the right note. Maybe it's doing that. What if it's finding an echolocation? Ew. Like, it's like, not where an are echo? the people? Yeah. Ew. <laughs> no, I don't like that. Okay. A couple of other things that they have seen in the area surrounding this camp. Mm-hmm. They have seen light orbs in the sky. Like the band? Like the band sighting, which also reminds me of the Dyatlov Pass when they yeah. were reports of like the green lights. In the yes. Sky. Yeah, that's spooky. This one's weird. So one time Ron and his wife Carrie saw like a rod of light moving parallel just a couple of feet off the ground before it disappeared. Also almost kind of like a shooting star, but... Just a couple feet off the ground. Yeah, I think the way that he described it was as, like, a lightsaber moving parallel to the ground across, like, the thing, and then leaving, like, disappearing, which is so creepy. That is really creepy. What would have happened if they touched it? They probably would have lost a hand. (laughs) Or a finger. Okay, what if the blob creature is, like, a blob, but then at night... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm with you. What if during the day it's just it's just like a transparent blob and then at night it's like a light? Yeah, okay. Yeah. But like one stick of light. Yeah. So like he was it, laying like he down. Form. He was inching along the no. Ew, like a little slug. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Um, I was gonna say, what if they just caught a fairy 
like moving or uh will of the wisp moving oh yeah like it was moving fast so it yeah. just looked like a line of light yeah yeah Ew. Like it was trying to lure someone else and didn't realize that they were able to see it. Yeah, like you couldn't tell that there was like a hunter a few miles back running towards <laughs> it. So you have to move quickly. <laughs> OMG. Um. <laughs> So apparently the camp is still standing. Even though there were forest fires in the area in 2018, Ooh. the camp and the trees around it were untouched. Okay, that's scary. Yeah. Like, Why was it untouched? Is there something living there that couldn't move elsewhere? Like is there a reason? It? Yeah. Ew. Like the forest. It's no. <laughs> The forest is communicating. We can burn everything except this camp. Because we have to have our victims here. <laughs> that's right. This is a special part. Oh, that's spooky. Okay. Well, that's all I got. Okay, this has been spooks. Yeah. I just, like, I'm wondering, like, what must the forest be like when there's no humans around? All of these creatures, Bigfoot and, like, deer and, like, blob creatures and Mm -hmm. random lights, like, just living together in this forest in, like, harmony, and then the humans come and mess everything up. That's so funny! That's literally what I was thinking. I was, like, when the humans aren't there, they would just be so harmonious, just, like, living life. Yeah. As they were, you know, as they needed to. Yeah. It's so weird to think about that, like, maybe these things are happening, and maybe they have been happening before humans even, like, went out into the woods, you know? They probably have been. Yeah. Like, how long have things like this existed and happened? And do they only happen because we perceive them? Or are they happening all the time? This is philosophical. This is too philosophical. (laughs) (laughs) Logically thinking, they're probably happening all the time, right? Yeah, and then just sometimes, like, a human stumbles across it and sees it. Yeah. But, like, the lights just might be a thing that happens in the woods. And, like, the blob creatures just might live there. And Bigfoot is just chilling, and then sometimes there's humans. Just in the way. Yeah. Getting involved where it's not their business. As we do. Naturally. To sum things up, if you go camping, let someone know, wear bright colors, bring extra supplies, use a buddy system, and be careful. Yes. Don't pet bears, and don't touch staircases. Literally don't touch anything. No, don't touch like, plants. Maybe don't even touch a tree, because you never know. It could be a not tree. Ew, 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 I get shivers. Gross. <laughs> yeah, don't touch plants, don't touch... You never know what you're allergic to until you touch it. You Honestly? Know? Yeah, just don't touch anything. If don't. you're going out there, just also don't touch things with your bare feet. Maybe just don't go into the woods. I think that's what we're learning here. Just <laughs> stay away from all woods, and then life will be better. Just leave them alone. Stay home. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um... Well, next episode will be, like, we'll, we'll be Bigfoot. Heck this is, yeah. like, a big one. Uh, was there a pun? Was that intended? <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm so dumb. <laughs> okay, to pre- preface. Pre- preface? Preface. Is it preface or preface? Preface. To preface that episode, <laughs> I have a problem with Bigfoot, okay? I'm going to say it here first. I am, like, completely obsessed I have always been obsessed. And we also will have a special guest joining us for next week's episode. It's Bigfoot. Spoiler alert. How could you spoil it like that? (laughs) Oh my gosh. We got him, folks. We're literally bringing Bigfoot to the podcast. Stay tuned. Please. (laughs) Um... Thank you for listening. If you oh, listened gosh. this far. Thank you. Are you okay? <laughs> Take a nap, maybe. 
if you want to like tell us what you think or tell us about any creepy encounters you've had in the woods which we highly will welcome we would love that please thank you i would love to get an email (laughs) (laughs) just spooking me out (laughs) (laughs) um you can contact us at weirdthingsandwine at gmail.com as well as on any of our social medias just send us like a dm or something i don't check facebook or twitter or youtube (laughs) okay send us a message on instagram or do it on yeah Um, we do have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. I'm going to try using TikTok, and I know I said that last time, but I really want to figure it out. Okay, I'm down. And it's Weird Things and Wine on basically anything, and if you go to our website, which is weirdthingsandwine.com, you can find the links to all the things. Nice and simple. Yes. All right there. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you again. And if you would like to rate us, please do. Four and five stars. Only. Please and thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I hope you've had a good day, by the way. I hope you've had a great day and a great week, and I miss doing this. Me too. We should do this more often. We should. It's been nice. It's been really nice. It has been nice. Stay weird. Drink wine. Cheers. Stick around for some bloopers and outtakes. (laughs) Why does that sound so suspicious? It's a ripe age. <laughs> um, ew. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> Take that out. That was awful. <laughs> I hate when your eyes... I don't hate it. I love your eyes. <laughs> but I get so scared when they get so big. <laughs> I'm freaked out. This is spooky. That might be the scariest thing I've ever heard in my life. It's ever. not our brand. We're not scary tellers. No. We're, we're story weird. tellers. We're tellers. Weird tellers. (laughs) Revelations are happening. We are cracking the cases. David Politis should hire us to be on his team. David Politis, let's chat. Hi. Do you want to be on our podcast? We totally could do that. Hit me up. (laughs) Weirdthingsinwine.gmail.com The people listening to the podcast just like constantly turning it up and down (laughs) depending on who's speaking. That's embarrassing. Sorry, guys. No, no. It's part of the experience. (laughs) Welcome to Weird Things in Wine. (laughs) (laughs) Hunting illegally. Illegal hunting. (laughs) (laughs) It's wine. (laughs) Have you you ever seen the bioluminescent oceans? Oh, yeah. I want to, I want to, like, go and, like, see Same. I need to put my hand in the ocean and, like, smooth it around. Plankton. (laughs) And like Bert, oh, oh, no, no, (laughs) yeah, let's not go there. Let's not. Let's move on. I mean, not specifically or (laughs) realistically, but like allegedly. Disclaimer: without any factual facts here, and no offense. (laughs) (laughs) So sorry. Please forgive me. I was just looking at the notes. Yeah, I spelled it wrong. <laughs> I spelled it hinter instead of hunter. It's dumb. I'm really sorry. I'm glad I, I could bring you joy, though. I don't usually laugh at things like that, but it was just so unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> so, her husband, Bryce, is an optical uh, physicist. Is it Bryce or Bruce? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm not doing well. Um, <laughs> Woodland tip number two. <laughs> 
if you're afraid of humans in the forest, <laughs> so long as you and your friend are standing back to back, no human will ever come close to you because they'll think you're the scary person in the forest doing weird things. You will be the scary person in the forest doing weird things. <laughs> you are currently doing weird things if you're standing back to back. Are we going to have bloopers? <laughs>